Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm John Lucier. I'm joined by my wife and, f- and our family. My wife and I are senior pastors and co-founders of A Day of Prayer. And this evening, we just wanted to welcome you to a special Christmas event where we are discussing the Christmas story. And it's probably going to be discussed in a way that you've not heard it before. Because yes, while we enjoy this holiday and we are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, we have to recognize him for exactly that. It's not just how he's portrayed and perceived as this newborn baby on Christmas. And it's not always about how he's portrayed on the cross while he fulfilled the purpose of his earthly ministry, which was to deliver us from sickness, sin, sickness, and disease. But it's that and his life for which he came for. He is our deliverer, our savior. And the focus and the emphasis on this, on the Christmas story, and why we celebrate this special and important holiday, is to rejoice and celebrate in exactly that. He is our savior. He's our deliverer. But it's also who he is and was and is and always will be forever and all time. It wasn't just while he had his earthly ministry. This is who Jesus has always been. And we celebrate this, this holiday, and the birth of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, in a similar but albeit greater manner than what we would celebrate with the birthdays of even our founding fathers their life and what they accomplished, or we used to. Birthdays have always been celebrated for that purpose, remembering and reminding us of what they did in their life and that impacted them and their home and their family and their community and ultimately the nation. So how much greater should we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior? who existed from the beginning. So, that being said, I want to open up the floor to each of you to have the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit has been speaking and leading and guiding you as we cover two important sections of Scripture. On the first half, we're going to focus on Luke chapter 2, which is the Christmas story, which many of you who may have already read to celebrate Christmas. But then we're also going to focus on the second part, for which will come from Acts chapter 1. Because part of the purpose of the Lord was also to prepare a people, both then but also today, a people prepared to do His will and His works. It applies to our life today. For right now, let's focus on the deliverer 
and Luke chapter 2. So, who would like to begin? I'll go. All right, I promise. Okay, so the Lord reminded me of Isaiah seventeen fourteen. Well, where I was talking about how that the birth of, the birth of Jesus will be a sign to all of Israel and Judah, but more specifically, inside this instance, inside Isaiah seven, it was a sign to ah- King Ahaz that his kingdom will be delivered, mm-hmm. and how that he will be delivered from both physical. Um, Captivity as well as spiritual captivity because at that time, um, Assyria and Israel were coming against them and they're going to go into captivity to them. Okay. I love that you bring that point up. All right, we find that in Luke chapter 2, right? It begins in verse 8. It says, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the multitude, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom He is pleased." I love how you brought that up, sir. The sign of a deliverer arriving, of someone who will deliver His people, a Savior, was, as the angels reported to the shepherd was a newborn baby, was Jesus, an infant, right? Yes. And you brought up the prophecy. So what are the angels saying? They're declaring the word of the Lord, which is now, as we're reading, being revealed to the shepherds. Yes. And then what did they do? They went and searched it out to ensure that it was so. But what they declared, they didn't declare someone who was going to prepare for that role, to become a deliverer. They declared that a savior, a deliverer was born. If you really study out what the word savior means, it talks about a number of different things. It talks about being a redeemer, right? Yes. About saving. But primarily it talks about deliverance and a deliverer coming. Well, And I love how you brought this part up too, about the spiritual as well as the natural. Jesus, during his earthly ministry, focused on what? Every time he ministered to someone, he made sure that their spirit, soul, and body was made whole, was made complete. It begins in the spiritual and then translates to our soul, right? Which mind, will, and emotions. And then we have our physical body. For a deliverer to happen, they have to be strong spiritually, have the strength of Christ spiritually, but also mentally, right? In their soul. Spirit, soul, mind, will, and emotions. And then physically strong. How can a deliverer come if they're weak in any one of those areas? How can they even 
I'll say defend themselves, never mind rescue another who is in bondage. It's an impossibility. But yet, this is what the angels are declaring. It's exactly this. A Savior is born. A deliverer, someone who will rescue you. But it's also what he has done the whole time. This is who Jesus always has been, is at this time of his birth, and forever will be. As Isaiah doesn't stop there. If you look at Isaiah chapter 9, right, there are in the first seven verses. Out of the first seven verses, five of those verses are talking about a light coming. And in that light, he's talking about restitution and peace and gladness and joy and a, a receiving of all these wonderful things for the nation. And in there, he's also talking about warfare. And it's a reminder to all the people of all the things the Lord, or if you follow out scripture from the beginning, from even with Abraham, it talks about the angel of the Lord appearing and doing great and mighty things, leading his people into battle to receive victories, to receive ultimately the deliverance. How he always raised up a deliverer, a person, a natural person on the earth, but it was still the Lord who was fighting the battles for them, who was rescuing them, who was breaking them from bondage and oppression. That was always the case. It always happened throughout history. We see that uh, um, in a number of different ways. Right? We, he talks about it with Abraham. But then with Moses, it's the same thing. He talks about how after he had led them out of Egypt, after he delivered them from Pharaoh and the Egyptians were crushed in the Red Sea and drowned after they perished, he then talks to his own people who had been in captivity for over 400 years, and he says, it says very plainly how the angel of the Lord, who came by the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, he led them in a way, both day and night, away from other enemies. Jesus is, a, is not this weak, frail individual that is represented on the cross, and no longer is he this infant that is typically represented this time of year. He is a warrior, a mighty man of valor. He's the king of kings and lord of lords, but he is a warrior. In that, talking about with Moses and leading the people, the children of Israel out of Egypt, how he brought them on this way, he mapped it all out. He planned it. He, in a very, not unlike what's said of David, in a very tactical, technical, as a technician, as a tactician, brought them on a route that they would avoid warfare because they were not prepared for it. But how he did in that time also prepare the people for war and to enter the land. And we see that under Joshua, how it was victory after victory until there was sin. And then that sin halted the victories 
And when they dealt with it, then you see, I'll say, approximately 60 victories in a row, allowing them to take possession of all that the Lord had for them. But it was still the Lord that did it. And it didn't stop there. We see that even throughout the judges. An angel of the Lord always appears to a person he has selected to be a deliverer, to lead the people out of captivity, even though it's the Lord, the angel of the Lord, ultimately talking about Jesus, who is doing it. And there's a number of examples. I'll just give you Gideon. How Gideon, even in his greatest victory, when he only had 300 people go with him, he started with over 32,000 or about 32,000 people. And 22,000 were dismissed. And then the Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many people. So bring them down by the brook and I'll show you how to test the people. This is Gideon who is acting as the general of the Lord's army here on earth, right? Yes. But yet it's the Lord that's showing him how to test the people, how to make sure that they are prepared and ready for what is ahead and for the battle. Someone that is unskilled in warfare has no knowledge, has never fought, has never been a part of any any battle, cannot be trusted with that task, nor should they. But the fact that our Lord is teaching his general how to do that shows who he is and has been all along. Going back to Isaiah 9, when you get to verse 6, what does it say? Verse 6 and 7, please read that. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order and establish it with ju- judgment and justice from that time. Sorry, from that time, from from that time forward, ever, forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. So, as we were just discussing, we are given insight into who Jesus is and always has been. And then it gets to the part where he's now born, right? He's still who he always has been. And then it talks about the future, right? Uh, And and by the, the was part, right? During his earthly ministry, his time here on earth in the flesh. He's a wonderful counselor, right? The Prince of Peace. He's all those things. So he's still those things. And then talks about the future, right? Of his kingdom, there will be no end. So is and was and is. This is what he has been, who he is, and who he always will be. And that revelation was only observed by a select few. But I'm going to pause there and see if if, if you or anyone else has has something else that uh, they want to share. I do. All right, Layla, let's hear it. Well, Dad, you mentioned at the beginning of this um, recording that you were going to talk about delivery and the how we get confused and we miss what the season is truly about and we get wrapped up in the presence. Um, and the Lord had reminded me that he didn't, want us to be focused on the presence because that would take away our focus from him. We're supposed to be rejoicing him in the work that he did, as you mentioned about the president's and the president's day, not necessarily about the other things that were, you know, 
done. And God never wanted us to be put into bondage trying to celebrate the season going, I'm doing a good work for you, Jesus. He came to bring deliverance for a reason. If he wanted us to stay in bondage, he would never have come. He would have been perfectly happy sitting up in heaven. But because he did come, we see the proof that he does love us and he does want us to be free. But the only way we can be free is being in him. There is no freedom outside of Jesus Christ. Despite what the world will try to convince you and tell you this is freedom and this is what life is like. No, it isn't. That's what death looks like. And it's trying to masquerade itself as something good and it isn't. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so when you're talking about mm. bondage, even today, right? You meant about bondage in the form of debt that's usually incurred around this holiday. So the commercialization of Christmas as opposed to the true meaning is that right? Yes, and even okay. spiritually, how you feel Amen. on the inside and toward God. People like think it's about relationships, and yes, it is. But you sometimes you try to force someone to love you when they're when they're not going to. But God will love you if you'll come to Him. He always does, and He always will. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to look to the natural to satisfy that need to be loved, just go to Him. He'll give it to you for free. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's. Scripture tells us plainly, God is love, right? Other scripture tells us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if Jesus is God, clearly, right? Yes. His name, Emmanuel, which was in Isaiah 7, right? Yes. Means God with us. So we're told to put on God. So put on love. That's putting on Jesus. But there's a, I love how you were talking about our perspective and perception of what the holidays mean, what we're supposed to be celebrating. And what we're celebrating is, is not this infant. It is Jesus and who he is. And who he is has to also come by revelation in the fullness, right? We talked about him yes. as, a, as a warrior, as a deliverer, as a, a man of valor, of which is typically found in warfare and in combat, right? In, yes. in our, our military. So there's a couple examples I want to give you. Uh, the first is still in Luke chapter 2. When they go to bring Jesus to the temple, that's Mary and Joseph. He says very plainly, uh, Simeon, the prophet, or not the, not the prophet, Simeon, who's been in the temple, well, who had a word from the Lord that he would see, he, he would not die until he had seen Jesus, the Lord's Christ. Mm -hmm. And here is this, again, an infant. He's only eight days old, right? Jesus is eight days old in his natural uh, earthly ministry, right? Yes. And it says here in verse 30, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So wait, and then we just read about that in Isaiah. So he's yes. also speaking the words of the Lord uh, prophetically. But he is not looking at it while looking at an infant in the natural. He says he has seen the salvation. That means past tense. It's already happened. He is revealed to him of Jesus and it's already a done deal. And then in a similar manner, you have Anna the prophetess. In verse, 
well, it begins in verse 36, but in verse 38 it says this, at that very moment she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. What does redemption mean? Deliverance, a saving, a redeeming okay. something. He's our, he, the Lord, Jesus, is our redeemer. And again, he's our savior and our deliverer. So he paid the price. He delivered us from, again, sin, sickness, and death. And he did that first. But it doesn't just end there. Two years later, you have the, the kings or the, or the wise men that come. And now they're seeing Jesus as a, as a toddler, a little two-year-old. And when they show up, is not no longer in a manger. They're looking at, a, at a, a young child, a toddler. And what are their words? Their words are that he is a king. And they came and gave him gifts. Not his parents. They gave Jesus gifts. Acknowledging that he's a king. And we know that he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're celebrating. And, then, and it doesn't stop there. John the Baptist has a very similar revelation. When he, and, and I love it how it, it phrases it in uh, the book of John. Uh, begins around, around verse 26. But he says this twice. He first, when they're questioning John the Baptist about who John the Baptist is, asking him if, if he is the Christ or if he is Elijah the prophet. He says no. But he says one's coming from among you, from your midst essentially, who is of higher rank than I, who's the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to tie or to untie, excuse me. And then he sees Jesus and he says about Jesus the question that Isaac asked Abraham back in Genesis, where's the lamb? Well, John answer, John the Baptist answers that question, and he says, behold, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world as a deliverer, as a savior, right? Yes. And yes. then again, he says, it is he of whom I said, I am not, he is of higher rank than I, who's the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy or, or fit to untie. Right? Yes. So, so that happens. This revelation of Jesus is not just an, a person. He is a warrior. And then again, you'll find it in Luke 7, speaking of the Roman centurion. He says very plainly, no, 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 no. Here's the revelation that he had of Jesus being a warrior. He says, I too am a man under authority. And I tell this one to go and he goes and this one to come and he comes and I tell this slave to go do this and he goes and does it. All you have to do is speak the word. Recognizing, again, Jesus as a deliverer, as a warrior, military to military, right, if you will. Yes. And the authority that he has. And it doesn't end there. Paul also has that revelation in the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 6, very plainly, he, he starts and he says, and then, well, actually, there's one before that. When Jesus is standing to fulfill his purpose, which he says to, to Pontius Pilate, he says very plainly, Pilate asks him, so you're a king? And he says, 
you answered correctly. And he said, but for this purpose I have come. So in other words, he's telling him, this, is, this has been a military operation the whole time. This is why I'm here. This is, has been, if you will, the campaign, and I have to accomplish this purpose. <clears throat> as a king, as a deliverer, Pilate became afraid. But then not just that, we have a role and a part to come in and, and play in this, which is why the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, beginning of verse 10, he says, and this is why we have to hold Jesus in the right perspective, he says, to be strong in the Lord and in and, and the power of his might. Right? This, this is who our, our commander is. This is who's in charge. He's our deliverer. He's our savior. And then it says to put on the armor of light. And then he goes into, this is the enemy. And these are all the different enemies that we are fighting against. And then goes into much detail about the armor of light and the weapons that we have. Right? Yes. yes. That's a, a very brief or a very short military brief. So we have to understand that. It's is there throughout Scripture to tell us because we also have a, a part and a role to play. And we'll cover that in greater detail when we get to or begin discussing Acts. But I wanted to, to point those things out. So that's the reason we're celebrating. That's the reason we celebrate this holiday, what Jesus accomplished. And in the same manner, he prepared and is preparing us even today to go and accomplish his will and his purpose as our deliverer, acknowledging what he's already defeated and to come into alignment with his will. Anyone else? I I would like to go. All right, LaCharles? Um, also, uh, another thing I would like to point out is here is that as we see that Jesus was originally born a baby, but we see that this was not how he was normally. Meaning that if we look back into previous examples in the Old Testament, we see that Jesus was the angel of the Lord that had the capital A at the beginning of his name. And we can see that this was similar to what Jesus was always doing. Meaning that for example, inside of Joshua, when they were defeated at Ai, Joshua came and cried out to the Lord saying, why did we lose? And Jesus answered him and said, you have sinned. That is why you lost. Now go and make sure that there's no sin in the camp. And so Lord show me here was that Jesus was doing the exact same thing that he has been doing the same time. He was dealing with the sin first so that way they could have victory. There was not going to be you guys can continue sinning, but I'm going to cover your sins and let you win still. They had to be right with the Lord before that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, now, what does that look like? Was that, was that, well, you may not be aware. So I'll, I'll interject. In a military campaign or anything, what happens when someone gets rolled up? They become a prisoner of war, Right? Which yes. then requires a force to come in and rescue them, to deliver them, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does not that kind of sound like what's happening here? Jesus came himself to rescue us, to deliver us. And this is why we're defeating sin, sickness, and death on the cross. Why? 
It's said about about military and and soldiers that they are close, that there are bonds, right? They actually become closer than brothers. Well, that comes as a result of, and maybe not so much in the natural, but there's a love aspect. There's a care and a concern for others, and you don't want to see them harmed. So we have a, a Savior, a Deliverer in Jesus who came because he loved us, knowing that we deserved a penalty and us being unrighteous, because he says very plainly in Scripture, it is rare that, that someone would give their life even for a righteous man. But now he came when we were in opposition. That is the definition of true love. As a, and not just definite, but a demonstration of true love, the God kind of love towards us to rescue us from what we absolutely deserved and take our place, accomplishing his purpose. It absolutely matters. And so that is the reason we're celebrating this holiday. That's why this is so special. It's a reminder of all that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has accomplished. And we don't want to leave anyone out. We want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to come in and come into alignment with all that the Lord has done and is doing now and in the future. So, Leah, would you mind... um, sharing something yes we would like to encourage you that if you're looking for love this christmas we want to introduce you to the one who can give you what you need jesus the messiah is the only one who offers truly unconditional love he loves you completely even the quote-unquote unlovable parts his love for you has no limits and will never end no matter where you are he will be there for you and with you to help you be all that he knows you can be Salvation is as simple as believing in your heart that Jesus of Nazareth is the risen Messiah and asking him to be your Lord. His answer is always yes. Amen. It's always yes. He wants you to come to him as you are. Not think you have to, in your mind, get all cleaned up to approach him. He came to us as we were to deliver us. I mean, when you think of any conflict, even when uh, those at at Auschwitz were rescued, how could they get cleaned up? They were just as they were. But yet when forces rolled in and rescued them, then they were cleaned up. Then they they received the care that they needed. Well, that first came from Jesus. That's how he operates. We've only learned those things from him. So that's how he operates. And, and I'll tell you, it's easy and it's simple. It's just a, a choice and decision that you have to make. But that's the reason we celebrate. And no, we don't want anyone to be left out. We want everyone to come into alignment with it. But it's more than just praying a prayer. That's the start of a relationship. And the start of entering into the kingdom. And not that we could ever earn it. It's not just by works. But knowing that even in a military structure, there is a will, is a purpose for each of us. And you are part of that plan and the purpose that he has for your life. Each of you has a purpose and a plan. 
just like Jesus, right? He said, for this purpose to Pilate, for this purpose I came. Okay. Well, that, that brings us to the next step and the next place, which is after the prayer, after coming into alignment with Christ and his will. Now what? So if we could, if, unless someone has anything else to share, let's go to Acts. Because that's where we will begin to, to understand. I'll say what's required of us. And honey, I want you to, if you would, please take the lead on this and um, share what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to well, both of us, but you especially, especially and during this time of year. Okay. Can I have someone read for me Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, please? I will. Thank you, LeCharles. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power from the whole, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Thank you, LeCharles. Um, now, I know we typically read these scriptures or reference them uh, around Easter or the resurrection season, but the Lord brought this to my, to my mind and, to, and spoke to me about it recently as he was talking to me about the focus of the Christmas season. Now, for the disciples, having seen their risen Savior, watching him go back into heaven was probably what they thought the most important thing they could be doing with their time. They probably thought this was the thing to do. But the angels that were there had a different perspective. It's almost like they looked at them like, what are you guys doing? Get to Jerusalem because there's a mission ahead. There's work yet to be done. And the next phase of this journey is you being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit so you can go and do what the Lord has commissioned and already asked and spoken to you that he wants done. And he correlated it to me of how we reflect on the manger during this time. I know it seems the most important thing. We, we celebrate the birth of Jesus because without his birth, we could not have gotten to his sinless life Amen. and his, his death on the cross and his resurrection. Absolutely, we couldn't have gotten there. But our gaze and our focus should be pointed and turned in the same direction that his gaze and focus is in. Because after all, we are not above our master. We're not the ones who set the gaze and the perspective and the focus on what's valuable, what's right, and what's most important during this time. So when the Lord left their, um, their presence, they spoke, and asked, they spoke to him and asked him a question again about when he was going to restore 
the kingdom to Israel. And the Lord answered on a different vein than what they were expecting. They were asking about the natural situation as in when are you going to kick Rome out of our presence? Physically, we don't want us to have to see them anymore. When are you going to get rid of them? And Jesus was talking to them on a supernatural level, on a spiritual level, saying the Israel that he was referring to is the spiritual Israel, the the yes. new Jerusalem that we see in Revelation coming out of heaven and being re- commun- uh, rejoined with um, the earth, right? Yes. yes. So yes. because their minds were set on natural things, their focus in the moment was on, we're going to see our Savior for the last time. That's why the angels had to remind them, he's coming again. Just like you saw him go, you're going to see him come, get to work. And Jesus answered on a spiritual level because that's where his eye focus and his, his mind is trained to do the will and the work of the Father. He completed the earthly phase. Jesus completed the earthly phase of his journey where he had human flesh just like we do, though without sin because God is his Father and the sin nature is not a part of him and he lived a sinless life. But to do the will of the Father was the secret food that he always spoke of. And as we've been discussing, the Jesus's role in the Godhead was always the sent one. As you referenced the Charles, he's the angel of the Lord, not an angel of the Lord. He's the capital A. And when you see the reference of the angel of the Lord, he always spoke as God. He referenced God, but he also spoke as God and how the person's faith was um, delivered or the expectation. He's God. That That's what makes a distinguishing marker. And he is the Lord of hosts. He is the head of angel armies, which is why he said in the garden of Gethsemane, I could ask my father for legions of uh, angels right now, 12 legions of angels right now and deal with this in a, the physical mm-hmm. fight if I wanted to, but that's not God's best. That's not the way the father wants things done. That's not the plan we're working right now. That last part is the, the pastor Kamisha um, <laughs> summarization. Yes. Um, but he's always been the sent one. Father God has a role. Holy spirit has a role and the son, father, son, Holy spirit, the son has a role as well. And his role was to command the angel armies and to be the sent one to deliver messages on of salvation or deliverance as you were referencing early John. (laughs) And as we look at him, we should behold what's in his eyesight right now, which is his soon return. And he said, will he find faith in the earth? Will he find us doing the will of the father? Will he find us doing his will, right? Father, son, Holy spirit, the will is they are one and they share one purpose, one will. They're not all doing separate things. They're sharing one will. Will we, will he find us doing that? Amen. Does anyone have anything that the Holy Spirit is putting on their heart to share or minister? I do. Unless, go or, ahead, let's Or do you have questions? Go ahead, Layla. Well, I have something to share. Um, okay. Mommy, you mentioned about Jesus answering the disciples' question about Israel. And it, the Lord reminded me that there would have been nothing to restore if it had all been destroyed by the enemy. So we had to, we have to occupy until he comes Mm-hmm. Again, I'll say there. Otherwise, there'd be nothing to restore; just be rubble and dust and some other stuff. 
and for it to be a kingdom, the people and the king have to be of one accord and of one spirit and one mind, which is what Jesus is trying to bring us back to. Actually, he already did the work, um, but we have to do our part and continue on that journey so that we could be reunited with him in the heavenly king community like we were before the world was and before sin had entered in and, you know, contaminated everything and tried to derail the purpose of God, which it cannot and will not ever. And it was just important that the Lord reminded me of that, that I still had work to do. Sometimes you look at things, you go, whoo, I did a whole lot. And you want to wipe the, the sweat off your brow. And the Lord's like, you're not done yet. I haven't come yet. So there's still work for you to do. And then you mm-hmm. kind of sometimes get the attitude. Well, I did my part. No, your part isn't done yet. You still have work to do. And it's easier to do the work when you've decided that God will be your head and that you will live for him. For Christ, I live and do whatever it is that he told you to do when he told you to do it. But as long as you have your own agenda and your own will in front of your eyes, you will do your own will and your own agenda. Mm hmm. But if you choose to make Christ your Lord and Savior, and if you walk with him, you will fulfill his will and his agenda, and you will find true freedom. Amen. Amen. It's sometimes as humans, it's hard for us to separate in our mind the difference between spiritual life and natural life. When we look at the world around us, we see things, um, there's buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage things that life, what we think is life is just going on. And we forget that the world was created to be good. When God created the heavens and the earth, he said, it's good, right? Yes. The garden was good. And it wasn't until sin came in through the choice of man and woman in the garden that now caused and gave permission for the devil to come in and wreak havoc, if you will, in the earth to cause calamity, to steal, kill, and destroy. So all the things that you see before your eyes that are less than God kind of good are a result of the works of the adversary, whether it is um, weather that is out of its domain and out of control, if you will, it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, whether it's murder, slander, theft, Um, pestilence, starvation, all of those things are the result of sin. When sin reaches its fullness, it brings forth death. But sin, the author of sin is the devil, right? So when we keep it in those terms and perspectives, it's easy to see why Jesus was speaking the way that he spoke, why he lived the way that he did, because he knew there was something bigger that he needed to take care of so that the the smaller, if you will, or the natural could come into alignment. The natural looks out of whack because sin was running rampant. Mm -hmm. Now, when he said occupy, he also meant for his believers to use our faith and our will and our understanding of the word of God to behave like Jesus behaved in the earth. When there was a storm on the sea, did he go, oh no, the storm. No, no. He said, peace be still. So as we occupy, we are supposed to, by our spiritual weapons, which you referenced, my love, mm-hmm. bring into divine order and subjection to God the things that are out of order. That is not people control. We are given self-control, not control of others. That's witchcraft. That's demonic. That's slavery. That's not what God asked us to do. He asked us to control ourselves and use our spiritual weapons to bring the environment into the state of shalom that Christ gave us the ability to do 
Amen. And you brought up a great point, so I just want to build off of some of that. When he said it was good, the the meaning is suitable for its purpose, right? We just mm-hmm. talked about that with Christ, how he said, for this purpose, I have come. Well, he also knows the purpose for your life, mm-hmm. right? And his purpose, and the pattern example set by Jesus was, and this is something you will hear often if you continue to listen to us in this ministry, is to say what the Father says and to do what the Father does. Mm-hmm. Jesus did that how or in the manner that the Father directed him to say and do those things. As he was sent or in the location, the Father sent him. It's the same, it should be the same way for us, and that is what coming into alignment means. And it's alignment with his will for you, his purpose that he has destined on the destiny track for your life. Not what you have concocted or imagined your life should look like. The suitable for its purpose is what he has designed and placed you here for, just like he did with Christ. And he always, Jesus, always put the will of the Father above his own will. Just like a military person is required to do. It's the same for us. He's our pattern example. And in doing that, there was deliverance, freedom from bondage, and all those same things that he requires us to do or expects us to do. Right? Just like you mentioned, honey, honey, about the disciples, then to be apostles. Or there there's two angels saying, Hey, don't don't watch him, get to the work. Like, get to the purpose that he has for you. Mm-hmm. Keep moving. Exactly. Keep moving in the things of the Lord. Promise, do you have something? Yes, I do. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so the Lord reminded me of how the disciples were asking um, the Lord if he was going to restore Israel to the Israelites at that time. Mm-hmm. And the Lord reminded me of inside of Exodus when the Lord through Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt he said that he would bring them to the land flung with milk and honey, which is mm-hmm. what they wanted to get back to. Mm-hmm. And the Lord reminded me of, um, if we skip, not skip, if we fast forward in time to some of the most recent wars like World War II and how that one war alone devastated many parts of Europe or places that was fought mm-hmm. and how what was there once was not there because it was soiled. Mm-hmm. And how the Lord showed me that if the same thing happened to a much bigger country, because if you look at side, inside of World War II, they're fighting against smaller countries. Okay. But if we get back to the past and you look at it from, the Roman Empire is quite large. Mm-hmm. And if they had tried to do it that way, what they wanted to, what they wanted will have been soiled and what mm-hmm. the Lord had promised to them. Mm-hmm. And also with that was because of the Lord's own timing that that didn't happen. And they're able to, not fulfill, able to walk in the blessing that the Lord had for them. Yes. They couldn't accomplish it because, again, the Lord has a plan. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. We then have to come into alignment with his plan and his purpose for us not our own. We have to do things his way. That's literally what every service member 
is supposed to do is follow the instructions given. Right? Isn't that exactly what the Roman centurion said about Jesus? I too am a man under authority. Jesus, as the Son of God, is literally under the uh, part of the Godhead. He's under authority of the Father. The Father knows the secret things. He delivers them to his Son, but also to us through the Holy Spirit. Right? He says yes. that throughout yes. the Word. But we have to do things his way, not how the world attempts to operate. Or from a human perspective. Exactly. We often want to use human solutions to accomplish spiritual purposes to accomplish God purposes <laughs> right right we we didn't create ourselves so there's no way that we could have the plan of how to redeem ourselves there's no way that it could be within our power and our scope and ability to redeem ourselves to plan it out to do any of that so then how can we tell God you should have done it this way you should do it this way we know that we have a desire there was nothing wrong with them desiring to be free but thinking in terms of the Lord is going to do it the way I think it should be done, cause them to miss out on divine understanding and mm-hmm. divine um, appointments, if you will, in some regard. It was kind of like they're walking down the path, and instead of looking straight ahead, they're walking backwards or turned sideways, and they're shuffling versus taking a full stride. So when we think of the Lord, we should think of him in terms of who he is, in Luke chapter one, John the Baptist's dad, after his mouth was opened, Amen. began to prophesy. And one of the things that he says in verse 77 is that his son, John the Baptist, was going to be a forerunner, but he was going to give knowledge of salvation to God's people. And then they would understand through the tender mercies of God and that the um, how Christ was coming into the earth as a day spring. So I'll read it. It says, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. So that was talking about John the Baptist setting their focus no longer on getting rid of Rome, because Rome is not your problem. Amen. Sin is your problem. Amen. And not just your problem, specific people it's the whole world's problem exactly this thing is messed up because of sin not because of rome not because of bob not because of england not because of whoever you put a, a put a country in there or a person's name it's not they're not the reason that things look the way they do and when while you're crying out for deliverance and you're thinking it's going to come in a natural way god said i'm sending the knowledge of remission of sin as your answer first that's that. That's what he meant, turning the hearts of the father, right, of the children to the father and the hearts of the father to the children, restoring that correct eyesight and vision, mm-hmm. but knowing that this is a bigger, bigger problem than what you're thinking. Amen. And that's the reason we celebrate Christmas, because he's already done it. But Charles? Okay, one thing that the Lord was also showing me here was that as we see the two angels that were talking to the disciples when they're looking into heaven, the Lord showed me that those were the same angels that were first at the tomb and also with the shepherds inside the field. And the Lord showed me was that the reason why those angels kept appearing was to pro- provide um, man with the way to get back to work. And like if you look at in Acts 2, not Acts 2, Luke 2, 
they're telling the shepherds to say, okay, go look at this baby so you can go and do what you need to do. The Savior has come. Now you need to get yourself right. There's not going to be a time where you get freebies. No, that time has passed. And you can see the same when he was at the tomb. When the disciples and Mary Magdalene were at the tomb, he said, why are you looking for Jesus here? He's not here. He is risen. Now get back to what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And how the Lord just showed me was that it was not to be rude or nasty, but to help them along so that way they can fully enter into what the Lord had for them so they didn't miss out on anything. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there's a prompting mm-hmm. that's happening yes. both here in Acts with his disciples there was a prompting for those that went to go visit the tomb instead of just carrying out the normal customs and traditions. And there was even a prompting at his natural birth by the shepherds to go now do the things, right? Lay eyes on him, receive him by faith, and now carry out what he has, his purpose, his plans, his destiny track for you in your life to be a blessing, not just to yourself and your family and your home and your community, but your nation and ultimately the world. It's the same for us today. Mm-hmm. And actually, I want to invite you into that. I want to invite you in and give you the opportunity to receive him as Lord, as Savior, as your deliverer, and begin that relationship with him. For those of you who'd like to receive salvation, just simply pray this prayer after me. Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, and your scripture says that whoever believes in his heart that Jesus is the Messiah and you raised him from the dead and confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord shall be saved. And Lord, you said that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved and will not be put to shame. So today, Lord Jesus, I call on your name and I call you Lord of my life, Jesus. And I say Mm. it in the presence of those around me and the presence of you, Heavenly Father and host of heaven and to you, Satan, that you are no longer my Lord, Mm. that Jesus is my Lord and he reigns supreme in my life. And I have Mm. surrendered my life, my will and my emotions to his control. And I will do whatever it is that he tells me to do and after you received that by faith you have been made a new creature in christ and god has another gift to give you which is the promise of the holy spirit that he told the disciples to wait for and he said that you received that same gift by faith and that you would speak with new tongues and new utterances as the holy spirit gives you utterance so as you receive that by faith go ahead and open your mouth and speak Mm -hmm. those tongues those mysteries of god in the earth and be free, be released and delivered, and go out and do the work that God called you to. Amen. And if you Amen. enjoyed this podcast today, we just wanted to invite you to come to our website, adayofprayer.org, to connect with us, to also find other podcasts and um, broadcast teachings to help you, um, not only in your new salvation, but to help you mature and grow in your walk with the Lord. Amen. And. And we just want to first welcome you into the, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's an honor and a blessing. But also let you know that you're not alone in this. And, and through our website or just emailing us directly at ministry at adayofprayer.org, you can connect with us. You can ask us questions. And we can develop this relationship and help you and encourage you in your walk in Christ as you go forward in him and what he's already done. Mm -hmm. Celebrating what he's accomplished in his delivery, his deliverance, his salvation in your life. 
over sin and sickness and death. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we celebrate. The reason we rejoice. Uh, the the cliche saying of oh, Jesus is the reason for the season. We hope that by listening to this this message, that you are able to now understand fully why that's accurate. Why Jesus is the reason for the season, and actually every season. Mm-hmm. He is God, and He loves you unconditionally. He desires nothing but good for you to be a blessing in your life and not just your life, but those around you. We absolutely love you. We are excited and look forward to hearing from you. And if you receive Christ today, please reach out to us either through our website, again, at adayofprayer.org or by emailing us directly at ministry at adayofprayer.org. We love you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.